MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Everybody, how you doing now? Mark Borcher to uh, give us baseball picks for the day. Pete Futak continuing our Power Five conference previews. The Big Twelve uh, second hour today, uh, and Drew Ditzik momentarily from the Bet the Edge podcast, of course, the Deep Dive podcast as well. Uh, we will talk all kinds of things with him, including an NFC sort of uh, you know turn where we go through all the best bets per division in the NFC. We did that for the AFC last week. We'll get all his best bets that are NFC focused. We'll talk tennis with Drew as well. We'll do the Olympics uh, recap, how he ended up doing in the Olympics as well momentarily. Uh, want to do, but by the way, we'll also have tennis picks later, which brings me to a point, by the way, that I wanted to make here at the top of the show before we get to Drew. Uh, yesterday on a numbers game, I gave out four tennis picks. We ended up going one in three was not a good morning in tennis. We ended up going one and three. It was a really strange beginning to those tournaments uh, in uh, Canada, particularly on the ladies' side. There was like three walkovers, some listless play in what is a relatively big tournament. Again, just it's a thousand tournament, just below a slam. So we ended up going one and three. Um, and then it just kind of the a numbers game picks got the worst of it because on primetime action yesterday, two and oh with two dogs, Tommy Paul hit over Vasek Pospisil. Uh, then Riley Opelka is a plus 120 dog over Nick Kyrgios. In between shows, hit on James Duckworth at plus 214 against Taylor Fritz, the American. So the day got great as it went on. It was just a, it was just a tough early morning, and so it ended up being a winning day. Sorry again to the numbers game audience. I do have three tennis picks this morning, uh, one of which is a big dog, one of which is a big dog. I will give those out uh, a little less than a half an hour from now. Uh, but I wanted to make a broader point because last night, and, and I've made this point many times, but I just, every once in a while, I want to have the reminder of this. Are we here to be entertained or are we here to make money? I think we're here for both, 
but I'd like to think we're here to make money. Uh, and so baseball last night, again, there were only five games, then one was postponed. So there's only four last night that ended up getting played full slate today. That's why Borchard and uh, Sporer are both here to give picks and DFS plays. But uh, last night, the Yankees and the Royals, yet another game on another night where something that has never happened before transpires. Uh, the Yankees and Royals scoreless going into the seventh. Remember Jason Weingarten yesterday on the show had the over, the over t- 10 runs. Well, he ends up hitting it because the game, the game ends up Yankees eight Royals six. Uh, and the game goes, uh, you know, it, it was, I'll tell you after the seventh inning, it was one to one after the eighth inning, two to two after the ninth, three to three after the 10th, five to five. And then after the 11th, eight to six, uh, the Yankees rules game, the first in MLB history in which both teams scored in the seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th innings per Elias sports. And then also the first time ever, this is from stats by stats that a team like the Royals ever came back in the seventh. 8th, ninth, and 10th. If we could show that tweet as well from Stats by Stats, just to uh, get the wording properly. The Royals' first team in the modern era to erase a deficit in the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th innings in the same game. Now, this on the heels, we talked about this last week. Remember, the Giants were down 4 to nothing in the ninth. They hadn't come back from a 4-plus run deficit in the ninth or beyond since 1993. Hadn't come back from a 4-run or greater deficit while being on the... Well, having scored no runs to that point since 1941. So... There's so many of these things that are epic and historical. And just want to make a point. There's a reason why I'm betting tennis and not baseball. And pick your sport over another sport. But I'm just saying over baseball. It doesn't have to be tennis if that's not your thing. But I've made on this show 38 total pre-flop baseball plays this year. This from a guy who all I used to do was bet baseball. Year after year after year. That was my bread and butter back in the day. But baseball has gotten to the point now, again, with the quicker removal of starters, the quicker insertion of of relief pitchers, and the randomness of that, that it is less quantifiable and therefore, in my humble opinion, harder to succeed at betting. Now, if I talk to my buddy Todd Wishnev, who's obviously a friend of show and Megapod star Todd Wishnev, who's a big baseball better, and by the way, it's Gil Alexander. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. You know, he will tell me he's getting crushed in baseball. And he's not a bad baseball better. He 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 follows it as closely as anybody. But he you know he's an in-game guy, and he talks about almost seemingly every night. Oh, you can't believe what happened to me tonight. Oh, you can't believe the bad beat. And this is not a knock on Todd at all. It's just it's it's just a a reflection of how difficult it is to beat the sport of baseball right now because of those kinds of shenanigans. Jason had no business getting that over last night. He would be the first to admit it. And the people who had the under in that game are lamenting, you know, yet another bad beat loss in Major League Baseball. So just a point that I want to make. Uh, Yes, we're here to be entertained, but I hope, and I know a numbers game audience definitely applies to this, we're here to make money as well. Let's bring in uh, Drew Dinsick from the Deep Dive Podcast and the Bet the Edge Podcast over there at NBC Sports. uh, NBC NBC Sports, rather. I don't know what Sports is. Uh, You can follow him at uh, whale (laughs) underscore capper. Just had to make that point, Drew. Just a friendly reminder to uh, to the audience that just because it's a major North American sport doesn't mean you need to bet that sport. I think it's yeah, worth it. it's, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's also crazy that even though there there have been roughly 100,000 games this season of baseball, it feels like, uh, that they can still have first ever ever occurrences. That's yes. uh, that's pretty cool. It's an incredible league. How did, your, uh, how did your Olympics go when all was said and done? I think you did pretty darn well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Week one was uh, especially good because the swimming, everything broke my way. Uh, I think I had maybe one especially large position that did not come through in swimming. Otherwise it was uh, a very, very profitable week one. And then week two was all about sweating out the medal count and oh <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Story I, for know, the ages. Whew, man. I, I mean, you, you put, you I, I put this uh, these these metal plays in play before the Olympics based on a pretty detailed handicap. And, um, you know, I think I still think that Japan under was the correct side. They got a lot, 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 lot of breaks. Uh, it came down to the last day. There were about five events where they had a very small probability of coming through with the gold. Uh, the, the women's cycling Omnium was the one that stood out because they had the favorite. Uh, world reigning world champion in the women's omnium. Now, if you don't know what the women's omnium uh, is, I mean that's on you. Yeah, I mean this is totally. this is a big it's a big deal, you know. So <laughs> totally <laughs> on you. 
and uh, yeah, the uh, the Japanese uh, favorite uh, comes in silver. We had a United States woman, uh, Jennifer Valente, who was twenty five to one pre flop, uh, come away with gold. That was ended up swinging two enormous pools. Number one, it kept Japan from getting to twenty eight, so all the unders cashed. And number two, it took USA above China in terms of most gold. So that was a wild uh, kind of final event. But uh, really, it just pointed out what I think the whole point of betting into the metal prop market is, which is that you get a two week sweat out of it. And really, you know, like the whole last week, the last three days, it was literally kind of counting. Okay. How many events do we even have a Japanese athlete or a Japanese team alive in? And what are their realistic probabilities of winning? Because, you know, when you have a lead on your metal prop, you can get a little bit aggressive in terms of firing away on some middles. Like uh, I have a good friend who's an excellent boxing handicapper. And I saw there was a Japanese lightweight woman who was in the final at plus 250. And I hit him up and I was like, is she live? Because <laughs> if she is, I'm firing away on win gold. Because right. if she does win gold, I'm going to be up against it on this metal prop. But uh, you know, but and if she doesn't, then you know, then I, I got a little more room. That's so all we cared about the last couple of days. Course. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, she she won gold. So you know, there there's opportunities like that to shoot for medals, and that really it just made the Olympics that much more fun. It did, and yeah, you were awesome, man. You had so many bets that were not sweats at all, but it was fun to have. It was like fun in retrospect because we won it, right? But it was fun to have Japan. <laughs> gold medal count <laughs> under 27 and a half land on 27. And I think like when it got down to the last four or five events, I, I think, cause you had sent me, Oh, that we have these four left. There was, yep. there was the basketball women's basketball team, which had no real chance against the USA. I think there was a karate event that we hadn't considered in those four. So I think there was like actually another event we had to get by. I don't know what the chances of winning that was, but it was just, it came down to the women's Omnium and it's a story we'll tell for years and years to come. <laughs> Cause we totally knew that the Omnium existed before the Olympics did. I, oh, exactly. Oh, I, totally. I can't, I've lost track of how many women's Omniums <laughs> I've watched from start to finish. I believe know? it's Omnia by the way, plural. Oh, excuse, I would imagine. Excuse me. Yes, I would that's imagine. correct. Uh, All right, let's talk about uh, the National Football League and the National Football Conference. We did this kind of in the AFC last week. You and I were kind enough to, you know, we we went through every division, and we didn't really go team by team. I just sort of left it like, okay, what's the best bet in this division, whether it's a season win total, whether it's a, you know, to win a division future, whatever the case may be. And let's start in the NFC East, obviously a division where the uh, winner has changed hands for, man, uh, better part of two decades now, year after year after year, not quite two decades, but since the early aughts, if you will, Washington obviously being the uh, defending champ. Um, Washington, Dallas, the Giants, and the Eagles. Dak Prescott obviously coming back for the Cowboys. We'll see what shape he's in uh, post-traumatic injury. Those are the two teams at the top of that division, largely considered by the markets. And there's the Giants. A lot of handicappers that you and I know high on the Giants. Not sure if you're on that page. And then there's the Eagles. A lot of question marks, obviously, with Jalen Hurts there. Uh, What's the best bet on this board? Is it a season win? Is it a division? Is it an NFC? What is it? Yeah, I honestly, I think you have to stay away from this one entirely for now. This one is one that I think um, you're you're not going to capture any meaningful value betting into this division market today uh, or any day before the season starts. And the reason is the schedule for all four of these teams within division is incredibly backloaded. I think... um, uh, you know, you have six, obviously you have six division divisional foes on your 17 game schedule. Um, and for the most part, I think all four teams play five of their six games in the, in the waning weeks of the season. Um, Washington football team, great example. Their last five games are Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly giants, you know, so that right there, that tells you that, um, you know, the way to play this division is, you know, wait, 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 and then we'll shoot for a long shot. Once we kind of understand health, once we understand, you know, what path to victory is for a couple of these teams, like around Thanksgiving and I, and realistically in my gut, Washington should be closer to the favorite here. Uh, I think they have the most complete team, but Washington's schedule is absolutely 
as difficult as you can find across the entire NFL this year, especially through the first uh, 12 weeks. They have only one game where they are a meaningful favorite, and it is week two against the Giants. They are three-point favorites. Every other game on their schedule until you get to week 14 against Dallas, they are underdogs. And that is, I don't think that's because the market is shy on this team. It's literally just their schedule is absolutely grueling. And so I think the, you know, the, the right look here, let Washington take their lumps, let them, you know, let people kind of decide, oh, this team was the frauds we expected them to be last week and then scoop up some valuable price on them to win the NFC East come, you know, come Thanksgiving. Um, Because ultimately, you know, there's, there's, there are things to like, surely, about the the Washington football team relative to last year's team. I mean, they upgraded the quarterback position. They've upgraded a couple of, um, you know, a couple of offensive skill positions. Um, their defense, you know, d- it lost a couple of pieces, but not enough that you would think that they take a humongous step backwards. Um, but last year's schedule for Washington was relatively soft. And last year they caught a lot of teams by surprise because, you know, they were able to play relatively safe football with Alex Smith behind center. And it's going to be a very different kind of offense and a very different look from this team this year. And I don't see them being able to go out there and go score for score with teams like Buffalo teams, like Kansas city teams, like green Bay, all of which they play in the first seven weeks. Uh, So it's going to be pretty, um, it's going to be pretty important. I think to wait on a team like the Washington football team. And then the rest of the teams in this division, I don't think have realistic shots of making the playoffs. If they don't win the East, I think the Eagles really are struggling, struggling, struggling right now to find their offense. Um, every report out of camp has been, you know, even the ones that are trying to be glossy and positive have been uh, pretty disappointing. Um, similarly, the giants under Jason Garrett are never a team that I'm running to the window to back. Uh, this is, you know, just, I, I, the marriage between Garrett and, and Daniel Jones and expecting that to somehow manifest, uh, you know, 25 to 30 points a game is absolutely insane in my mind. So, you know, the giants are going to have to get it done with defense. And now if you're going to tell me that we're going to look up halfway through the season and everybody consensus is going to say the giants have a top 10 defense, I would entirely buy into that. I think this defense is very, very, very talented. Uh, They don't have any obvious holes to me. I think the coordinator is worth, uh, you know, giving a lot of credit to, Um, but Jason Garrett in this giants offense is going to struggle to score points this year. And if they turn over the ball, if they give away, uh, you know, fumble sixes, pick sixes, you know, free points on, you know, to the opposing team's defense. And this Giants team is not going to win very many football games. And similarly, this Cowboys, I know that they invested a ton uh, in the, you know, in the draft in trying to be able to be a better run stopping unit. And I think that ultimately that gets them to sort of the Mendoza line of how good your defense is. Like it's, it's not so bad that you don't have a chance to win a game. Um, But this team is going to find themselves in a lot of deficits and they're going to have to throw their way back in. That's going to require the offensive line staying perfectly healthy. It's going to require Dak Prescott giving us his best what we've ever seen him give him. Uh, and so I think ultimately the Cowboys are a team that you're going to want to maybe play live at halftime. If they're, you know, if they have a deficit play live in games, if they're down a touchdown, because you know, they're going to be able to stop the run effectively enough that it'll give them a chance in games, but they're not going to run away from anyone in this league because the defense can be passed on. So these are all flawed teams in my eyes. And uh, realistically, we're not going to know who's coming through with the fourth seed in the NFC until uh, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, so much good in there, the Cowboys, maybe a maybe a halftime bet on team uh but but again the, the biggest point i think and we talked about this last week and i just it, it, we can't stress it enough you don't have to bet it's it's a new day in betting you don't have to <laughs> bet these things at the beginning of the season there are no extra points for being a hero especially with the way these particular teams the nfc's the way their schedules are stacked there's probably an NFC East bet to be made way down the road and again that washington yeah. schedule as you point out it's brutal Early, you know, Chargers at home at Buffalo, uh, Kansas City at Green Bay. I mean, there's tons of games. Tampa Bay, Seattle, I mean, on and on and on. But this is how they close. And this is the quirkiest thing ever in the history of NFL schedules. Dallas (laughs) at Philly at Dallas, Philly. Like, it just never happened. By the way, the Giants after that. It's never happened before that you play. It's always rare to see a team play another team twice in a three-week span, let alone it happening twice back to back like that. And that's what Washington has. Anyway, uh, always a good answer when the answer, by the way, sometimes the best bets are the bets not made. And so that's a very sort of disciplined way to look at the NFC East, at least at this point. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. 
Absolutely. NFC North. We will have Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, it's a Packers-Vikings division with with apologies to the Andy Dalton-led Bears. At least that's what they're letting you know. Matt Nagy has decided to tell us that's what's going to happen at the beginning of the season with the Bears. And then there's the Lions, who could be epically bad. How do you see this? Best bet. I mean, I think the market is too cold on the Lions, but that doesn't mean go run out and bet them to win this division. Um, I, ultimately, the Lions have a couple of strengths. Their offensive line looks strong. Um, their defensive secondary should take a meaningful step forward because they got a lot of youth. They have now a good defensive coordinator to kind of coach those guys up. So I think Lions are going to be in more games than you think. And if you're getting, you know, if you, it's, it's going to be one of those teams where if you're betting against them, you're going to want to tease against them. Because they're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of coin flips, right? It's not this isn't gonna be a team that gets absolutely you know stomped like we have seen in years past of the teams that are truly tanking. Because guess what? They put a pretty decent infrastructure around a team that is missing a quarterback and is missing wide receivers, and so they're not gonna be able to go <laughs> score for score with teams, but yes. they're gonna be able to hang in there. Um, and so I think that's it's gonna be a fun team to bet on in general over the course of the season uh, if you're getting enough points. Similarly, I think the Bears are gonna be a super, super fun team to bet on pregame a lot of weeks because Mm -hmm. I think there is a very clear read on this team, and that is their offensive line is horrific, and they have currently under center a quarterback who cannot perform the job of quarterback when he's under duress. And so if they are going up against a team with a strong pass rush, the Bears are going to score under 20 points. If they are going up against a team with a mediocre or poor pass rush, the Bears are going to hang in there. If they're going up against a team that has a poor offensive line themselves, the Bears should be able to generate pressure and dictate the game with their defense. And so this is kind of, uh, you know, at least until we see what Justin Fields is and we see him get inserted into the starter role, which, by the way, it looks like week four, if you ask me. Um, this this is a team that has a relatively low ceiling in terms of offense, and it has uh, it has to have sort of the right recipe in terms of who they match up against in order to get uh, uh, in order to get a win. And so I think it's. It's going to be a lot of fun to either pick under spots, pick uh, or pick some spots to back the Bears, depending on who they match up against in, in terms of strengths and weaknesses. Like the week five, the week five matchup against the Raiders looks ab- like absolutely super tasty. Like you, you could probably have the Bears lose to the Rams. Maybe they struggle and get a win against the Bengals, lose to the Browns, and at that point, you, they pull the rug on Andy Dalton, and it's uh, it's Justin Fields' time. Uh, he has a hard-fought win against a lion, a frisky Lions team, and then maybe you're getting a, a reasonably uh, you know favorable price against the Raiders, where at that point the Bears' D line should dictate that game. And the Bears, you know, the Raiders don't have enough of a pass rush that they're going to be able to fluster Justin Fields, and you know, they, you know, Fields should go, you know, have a heyday. So, you know, there's there's perfect spots kind of all throughout the schedule um, to back the Bears. I would be fading the Bears against the Bucks and the Niners at any price, uh, and I'd back the Bears against the Steelers in that little three week stretch right there. Like you're probably going to get a huge price uh, with the Bears against the Steelers team, and again, if they can, uh, you know, Fields at that point is navigating the pocket a little bit better when it's collapsing, when the pressure's coming, then I think that team can do pretty well against the Steelers team that also has a poor offensive line. So the bears, I think, you know, I don't I'm not run into the window to back them in the division, but I see a lot of opportunities looking at the schedule to either back or fade or look for an underspot. We, uh, we came up with the exact same conclusion you did on primetime action about when Justin Fields will, will be starting and it's completely week four versus the Lions. Let the Rams clear, let the Browns clear <laughs> and then say to Andy Dalton, Hey, appreciate you being in those games. And uh, Justin yeah. Fields takes over with the lions in week four. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Vikings, the Packers on top of that division, what Drew feels about that. We'll do the NFC South and the NFC West. We'll, we'll get through it. We promise you. Uh, more with Drew Ditzik from the Deep Dive Podcast and the Bet the Edge Podcast. And we'll get some tennis thoughts from him, if he has any here, in Toronto and Montreal, both the, uh, the men's and ladies tour with the Rogers Cup north of the border in a 1,000 event. Uh, we'll do that next as well, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a numbers game. I got my tennis picks as well, including one big dog on the way.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. With football season uh, just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Drew Dinsick, kind enough to join us this morning at whale underscore capper. Deep dive podcast with Andy Molitor. Bet the Edge podcast from NBC, NBC Sports. By the way, Drew, you referred to Jason Garrett as uh, Jason Garrett, I believe, last segment. That's a no-no. Please refer to him as coach from here on out. Oh, he, excuse he, me. He prefers that. Um, the Clapper. Yeah, the Clapper. <laughs> That's a, one, of, one of Lombardi's greatest nicknames ever. The Clapper. Yeah. <laughs> the Clapper. Um, yep. Vikings and Packers at the top of the division. How do you see that? NFC I don't have a great 
I don't have a great read on the Vikings at all. I know people are expecting this defense with the returning players to be like top five NFL. I'm not seeing them being that good. Um, so re- there's probably some opportunity to kind of fade that market price. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't think that I bu- I'm not buying into a Kirk Cousins led offense and uh, I'm not buying into a run first offense with this Minnesota team, considering the weakness of the offensive line. So I'm probably staying away from the Vikings entirely and just letting them kind of finish around 500 and missing the playoffs. Green Bay also, I'm relatively cool on their market price. Um, you know, the, right now they're in general, the market with Aaron Rodgers returning, they're, they're pricing them like they're almost as good as Tampa Bay. I'm not close to that. Uh, I have Tampa Bay as meaningfully favorite over uh, Green Bay in a head to head on a neutral. So it's I'm, I'm probably looking for opportunities to fade Green Bay. Realistically, I'm not betting into their to win the NFC price. I'm not betting into their NFC North price because week five through week 12 for them is is utter chaos. It is an absolutely brutal stretch. One of the toughest of any teams in the NFL from uh, through that middle portion of the season. Uh, and, you know, they have four of five on the road, including, you know, winding up with a game at Kansas city. Uh, then they follow up having to play both Seattle and the Rams coming off of their buys um, and then sandwiched in the middle, a game at Minnesota. So, you know, this, this, uh, Five games in seven weeks on in the in a row on the road with two home games against teams coming off their buys. You know, forget about it. That they probably emerge after think you know around Thanksgiving coming out of their buy um, somewhat underpriced at that point. If you want to grab them to win the NFC, then uh, they probably sneak in as the NFC North champions and as the three seed. Um, but then they're going to have to play a really tough wild card team at home uh, in the playoffs and then go on the road and win two playoff games just to get to the Super Bowl. So ultimately I'm so I'm out, I'm out on the Packers this year. Yeah, this is the way to to view the NFL here in August. It's to parse the schedule up and to and to think of different ways, strategies to bet teams, teasing against the Lions that the Bears might be a good bet on team in the weeks that we talked about. These these are the real insights that I'm looking for. NFC South uh, Tampa Bay the defending Super Bowl champions ruling the roost here, one would think. Atlanta Carolina uh, on down the line here in the NFC South as well. Um, what do you see in this division where, you know, I don't know, we, we'll show the board here with all the bets that are available to us. Obviously, the Saints are in there, too, and the Saints now with a yeah. quarterback change. The Drew, Beer, the Drew Brees era has ended. Some form of Jameis and Taysom Hill here. Um, what's the best bet on this board, or what's a strategy? I think our strategy really is, uh, you know, we t- when we talked about the AFC, the glowing theme, I think, is just overall strength. Not a lot of surprises, not a lot of really um, true unknowns. At the end of the day, I think in the AFC, we know who is going to be in the mix come uh, week two of the playoffs. In the NFC, that's not true. You have Tampa Bay, who, in my opinion, is clearly, clearly on a path to get the number one overall seed. And then everything else is going to shake out in a way that has lots of uncertainty and lots of, um, you know, lots of uh, uh, conditional probability. Like you need guys to hit, you need players to emerge, you need coaches to coach well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of those questions we we don't know the answers to yet. The Buccaneers are the one thing in the NFC that stands out as an absolute no, no doubter. They will be in the mix. And it's on the basis of two factors. Number one, they have the deepest team in the NFC and it's not close. They bring back the entire roster last year that won the Super Bowl. on top of now. You saw that offense come together and get better and become more cohesive as the season went on. The likelihood that that carries into the season, I think is high and they have a very soft start to their schedule. Realistically, the first seven weeks, they probably go seven to no. Uh, I really don't see them having a tough test until you get later into this season. So betting the Bucks at this point to win the Super Bowl, win the NFC, I, and Tom Brady to win MVP, I think all those numbers come in as we go through the first half of the season. Wow. And then I guess clearly minus 190 to win the division as well. Interesting that... Uh, I, I, I like, let's go for the bigger numbers. Bigger numbers, yeah. Okay. You don't, you don't want the minus 190. Okay. Um, interesting that the Rams were not, uh, not considered there to be... A threat? We'll find that out next with Drew. One more segment. We'll do the NFC West, see how he feels about the Rams, and get some tennis thoughts. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game 
with Gil Alexander. Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off with the Hall of Fame game, it's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide's only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and college guides. Reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. If it's anything as good as the college football betting guide, man. We are on to something. Shout out to humans and crew on those. Skill Alexander, Drew Dinsick from uh, Bet the Edge and Deep Dive podcast is here. Uh, it occurs to me, Drew, this sh- this probably should have been a podcast uh, because it's tough to squeeze all this in on, on the radio side. First of, all, <laughs> first of all, do you bet preseason at all? Uh, you know, I have some friends that destroy some of the numbers, and if I catch wind of what those bets are, I'll play them, but I don't handicap it myself. Yeah, that's where I am. Okay. Uh, anything else in the South before we get to the West? Anything else you wanted to point out? I mean, somebody in this division is going to sneak up and steal a good. Uh, they're going to they're going to surprise. They're going to win ten games. They're going to get a wild card. I'm not sure who that is. I took some shots on uh, Art Smith, coach of the year for Atlanta, because I feel like if it's Atlanta, he's going to get the lion's share of the credit for that. Um, and then you get a thirty to one instead of a you know whatever Atlanta to make the playoffs is like plus two hundred or something. You know, so you get a much better payday if Atlanta surprises. Pay, betting coach of the year than you do, um, you know, any other way of attacking that. Um, but that the rest of that, uh, somebody is going to emerge. I can't really tell you who I have good friends that think it's absolutely the Panthers. I have some people thinking that the mark of the world is sleeping on the saints. Um, I happen to think the, uh, the Falcons in just because they have an offense, I believe in are the, are the right side there. Yeah. But who knows? I don't think the world is sleeping on the saints, but, uh, some might disagree. NFC West. Okay. What's notable again is how bullish you were on the Buccaneers defending Super Bowl champions. You did not. It doesn't seem like you include the Rams in that discussion. This is the best division in football, top to bottom. At least that's what the market says, and I would agree. Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals. Uh, Trey Lance will play. We don't know in what form, but he will have design plays uh, from Kyle Shanahan with the Niners. Seahawks uh, on the right side of variance, perhaps, last year. Cardinals, Kyler Murray, I don't know where you stand on him. How do you see this? Where is the best bet? And do you consider the Rams in the same stratosphere as the Buccaneers? Seahawks are on the right side of variance every year. It feels like, right? That's weird. Um, Trust but, it, that's Russell Wilson's hallmark, isn't that's, it? That's his. That's his mo. Yeah. Uh, I have some. I have some brewing hot takes on Russell Wilson. I feel like Seattle probably should have sold high on him last off season, but we'll see if that comes. I to like fruition. when hot takes are brewing. I like it. Um, yeah, because I mean, I just I don't I just don't buy Pete Carroll's vision for how to play offensive football in right. today's NFL. It just doesn't jive. Similarly, establish the run, think, Drew. Establish the run. I don't see it, man. I don't see that working out with this roster, not in this conference, not in this division. Um, Similarly, the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury is not my guy. I think that both Cardinals and Seahawks are probably at risk of underachieving on the basis of coaching. Uh, And then the Rams and the Niners, I think, are going to duke this out to the the bitter end of this season. I think this is going to be a very close division between these two teams. Uh, And at this point, preseason, again, it all comes down to schedule. The Niners got the advantage to start the season relative to the Rams. I know the Rams you look at their first two games, Chicago and Indy, and now considering what's going on with Indy, and you think, oh, well, whatever, you know, they're going to get 2-0. That Indy spot is kind of tricky. It's kind of not great. They're coming off of a primetime game against Chicago at home, and they got to go play an early game the next week against Indianapolis. So it's not a it's not an ideal start to their season. And then they get Tampa Bay week three, and then they get they have a couple of very difficult back-to-backs. They got to go play Seattle um, in, you know, the first uh, prime, the second home game for Seattle, big primetime spot Thursday night football week five, you know, there's some, there are some landmines for this Rams team through the first six weeks of the season, which really has me wanting to be patient and try to kind of scoop some Rams value after about week five, um, San Francisco, on the other hand, starts out with Detroit Philly on the road. They are staying at the Greenbrier in West Virginia in between oh, those two games. Very nice. That's been the secret to success for these guys. Like <laughs> that extended, that extended training camp where they all kind of get together and nobody's, you know, distracted and they're focusing on, you know, what they did week one and how to prepare for week two. You know, I'm expecting the the Niners to have a really strong start to their season. They host Green Bay and Seattle after that. They get Seattle in an advantage spot where Seattle's on the back to back, you know, second of back to back road games coming off of a game in Minnesota. So, you know, it's it's a nice start to the season in terms of, uh, you know, where they have advantages uh, and how they match up against the teams they're playing. I think they can get out to a good four and five and start heading into their bye, uh, regardless of whether they go with Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, if they go with Trey Lance week one, which I think at this point I would make a little better than 50, 50. Uh, I, that I'm all of a sudden not now I'm all in on this team. 
because he gets a very soft landing to start his career. I think the dynamic, you know, the the dynamic he adds in terms of his downfield passing with this offense and everything else they're good at really just differentiates them from the rest of the uh, rest of the division. And yeah, I mean, why why be cool on the Rams? There's pretty there's 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 one reason it's uh, injury concerns. This is a very thin team. Everybody has said this. This is not a secret at this point. It's a stars and scrubs unit. Um, even a guy like Stafford, who's a clear upgrade over golf is subject to injuries. How many weeks have we said, man, Stafford's playing through pain. You know, I, I mean, he, he doesn't know how to avoid the hit. He doesn't know how to kind of, you know, keep himself out of harm's way at times because he plays a little loose. And, uh, you know, you need Stafford to stay healthy for full 17 game season. You need Donald to stay healthy. You need Ramsey to stay healthy. You need the offensive line to stay healthy. You need every skill position player to stay healthy. Like you've already lost cam Akers. You really can't afford to lose anyone else meaningful, or you're going to put replacement level players in some really important positions for this team. So the, you know, the Rams, just the way they're constructed are super fragile. Yeah. Uh, and so I think waiting and getting a little more information on uh, you know how healthy they are after the first opening few weeks of the season is important. I mentioned it on primetime action last night because we do 32 teams and 32 shows and we're on the Rams yesterday and I mentioned that depth is their Achilles heel like that is the thing with the Rams we have 90 seconds Drew thoughts on tennis in Toronto or Montreal today. Oh, the one that really stands out is the Sissipas Ugo Humbert uh, match. Those two players are very closely matched. I don't know how much more evidence you need to see. They're playing on the exact same surface with very similar tennis balls as they played in the Olympics just two weeks ago. Humbert went. 2-1 over Sissipas in that match and what was a lot closer than even the scoreline would suggest. And you say a three-setter, of course it's close. But, yeah, that was a very close match between these two players. Umber has beaten Sissipas twice. Sissipas likes to play these long matches in Toronto for whatever reason. Uh, so the over 22.5 was the first thing I fired on on today's card. In general, uh, round one, round two for Toronto, it looks like you're going to have a lot of underdogs with realistic shots that can't quite get it done. Um, I'm seeing value across the board, really, on a lot of these. These underdogs, but ultimately, I think only two or three have the right recipe to to get it across the finish line. Um, but the over uh, twenty two and a half games in the Ugo Humbert Sissipas match is a great look. If you can't find the games over um, over two and a half sets at plus one forty is a fun one as well. I love it. Over twenty two and a half games or over two and a half sets if you can't find that. Ugo Wimbert and Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, that uh, final in D.C. was an in-game overfest between Yannick Sinner and Mackie McDonald, by the way. It was. It's phenomenal. All right, I got my tennis pick coming up next, including one major dog. Drew, can't thank you enough. We'll talk to Mark Borchard about baseball. Thank you so much. Uh, Bet the Edge podcast, Deep Dive podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Thank you, sir, as always. Best of luck. At whale underscore capper for Drew as well, by the way. That's where you can find him on the Twitter machine. We'll do baseball with Borchardt, his picks for the day, and I got three tennis picks, and as I mentioned, one is a live dog. You just talked about live dogs? I got a big one on the ladies' side. Coming up next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. As summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VISA 1000 and your first wager's risk-free up to $1,000. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns in MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today. Uh, as I said before, it won't take you more than a few seconds. Or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, uh, I promise tennis picks. I got tennis picks. For those of you who missed it yesterday, uh, we went 1-3 on a numbers game. But then we went 2-0, and oh, by we I mean me, on primetime action last night with uh, Opelka over Kyrgios, also Tommy Paul over Vasek Pospisil, both were short dogs, uh, also had a plus 216 dog hit in the middle of the day on James Duckworth over Taylor Fritz. So what started as a, as a poor start to the tennis day yesterday ends up being pretty darn good winning day. I'm sorry that the uh, numbers game audience got the worst of it. That's sometimes how the cookie crumbles. But we're back at it again this morning, and I want to get these in because one of these matches is at the top of the hour on the ladies' side. So the three picks are as follows. The one at 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, about to start in about 15 minutes. Jesse Pagula, Jessica Pagula, the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owner, she's at minus 123. Now, minus 123 is what I got her at last night. Checking quickly because these uh, these have moved a little bit. Uh, Pagula is at minus 132. So I'd still play it at minus 132. I got the best of it last night on this one. Jessica Pagula has the best six-month hard court numbers of any player on the ladies' side of this tournament in Montreal. Uh, Annette Contivate, though, has really good hard court numbers, too. So she's no slouch, thus the muted number. But I would still play Pagula. Again, I got her at minus 123. I'd, I'd still play her at minus 132. She's that, that match is in 13 minutes, so get that in if you want to ride. The big dog today. Uh, this is not quite at plus 324 anymore. It's at plus 300. I'd still play it. It is Jill Teichman going up against Danielle Collins. Danielle Collins has won two tournaments in a row on the ladies' side, two tournaments in a row that she has participated in, one on clay, one on hard courts just this last week in San Jose. Great feat from Danielle Collins. 
Uh, but there's a lot of wear and tear on her body right now from the, uh, the, the amount she's been playing. And when things go wrong for her, I'm not going to say she's Nick Kyrgios, but she gets a little, uh, how can I put this, uh, emotional. And so uh, that is not going to be something that helps her out. My point is this, Jill Teichman's numbers are actually better than that of Danielle Collins. So at plus 324 and currently plus 300, you bet I'm taking a flyer on Teichman today. Jill Teichman, Teichman, if you want to uh, pronounce it that way, versus Danielle Collins, the American. So Teichman is the big dog play. And then on the men's side, this is later today. By the way, Teichman Collins is later today too. But uh, Grigor Dimitrov, this price is where it is right now. I got it at plus 160. I think it's plus 150 now. Against Riley Opelka, the hard-serving American, who I bet on last night on primetime action to beat Nick Kyrgios, he did, in fact, do that uh, as a plus-120 dog. But I'm going to actually go with Dimitrov here as the slight dog against Opelka with guys like Opelka and John Isner and really Nick Kyrgios, who we don't think of in the same category as Isner and Opelka, but really has the same kind of game. Hard serve, one of the best you know serves on tour, terrible return of serve. You can, you know, if you can break him, you're going to win, period. Uh, if you can't, you're not. It's a very simple thing. I think Dimitrov, with his better hardcore numbers, does. Those are your three tennis picks. Pagula in uh, over 10 minutes, minus 123, minus 136 now. Teichman, plus 300. I got it at plus 324 versus Collins. And then Dimitrov against Opelka on the men's side. Those are your three tennis plays. Speaking of plays, let's make some baseball plays. Let's bring him in from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. It's Mark Borchard at Base Winner, the Base Winner podcast. How you doing, Mark? Joe, I'm doing great, man. The, the roller coaster baseball season, uh, you know, you you have so many ups and downs over the year. And I was very depressed on Saturday night. Lost a couple games in the ninth inning. Lost the Brewers against the Giants. Lost the the National or the uh, Braves versus the Nationals. And they were just painful losses. But then Sunday, I hit a five-team parlay uh, with with a bunch of favorites. <laughs> hit a minus one, and I, I know I hit a minus one and a half parlay too. So it was really good. It was it's probably my best day of the year was was Sunday. But then last night, the the Royals Yankees. I thought that this was such a lucky win for for us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about we I you know the the, the plural when you talk about yourself handicapping. Yeah. And you, and, but you use the plural. Why do we I like do how that? you did. Yeah. I don't I don't know, but everybody does. Everybody does. I don't know why we do it. Yeah. It's pretty funny, but but anyway, the Yankees. So it's it's like zero to zero after six innings, and it's it's two to two going into the eighth, and. They tie it up. They go extra innings, and the game ends up eight to six. And you hit the over. The over <laughs> was ten, and you're like, "Hey, all right, and it's going good here." You're living right. I I brought up that that game at the top of the show today, and I did it under the you know in the context of, I, you know me. You and I go way back. We've known each other for more than a decade. No one loved betting baseball more than me. Like if you asked me five, ten years ago, what's what do you bet? What sports? I'd be like baseball, and then there's everything else. But the game has evolved where now it is not my number one sport by any stretch. And I'm curious, those those volatile outcomes that occur, and it seems like every night some historical event happens in baseball. Last night was the Royals and the Yankees. That's never happened before, as we documented earlier on the show. The Giants seem seemingly do it all the time. Oh, that's never happened in franchise history before. So you have these outcomes, and I guess you know the point that I was making at the beginning is, hey, you know, Sometimes this is the thing about betting sports, like anything in life, you have to sort of evolve. You have to, you have to recognize what sometimes what used to be great. Isn't necessarily great. Now Um, that's incumbent on you as a sports better, but you have, you have stuck with your sport baseball through all of this, uh, where the chasm between the haves and the have nots has widened the, the, you know, the numbers, the, the, the opening lines or the closing lines on these games are so different than they used to be. Um, does it ever discourage you? Like you were on the right side of the Royals uh, Yankees last night, but when you're on the wrong side of those historical, you know, outcomes based on shenanigans that happen in these games now, especially with these quirky extra inning rules, do you ever get discouraged by it? Oh, absolutely, Gil. And I, I'd be lying. And I, I, you know, I'm like you said, we've been doing this for oh, close to 15 years, but it still stings when you when you lose something that you you thought you had. And, uh, but I think that's, I think that's what makes it fun, you know, in, in the long run, but, but you make a good point. You have to kind of, kind of see past that. And, and I mean, you, you want to ride high, you want to enjoy the wins, 
but you got to kind of take that and you got to be able to say, I think, Gil, that like you win a game like like last night and it was just it was just a lucky win. It was you know, you probably handicapped it wrong, but you won it. Mm-hmm. And I think you got, I think you got to be kind of introspective in that regard. And then, and you can enjoy it that way. You can be, hey, I got lucky. Uh, but, but to think that you're good when you win something like that, when, <laughs> when the, the whole game you oh. weren't good, you know, that's, that's, that's where I think you, you got to kind of check yourself a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we, we know, we know sports betters who have a healthy dose of confirmation bias, don't they? They, they absolutely think it's them and those kind of outcomes. Um, listen, I expect my betting volume on baseball to increase here, actually, as we get towards the postseason. I do expect that to happen. Uh, Weird day yesterday because there's only five games and one got postponed, but we have a full slate today. What are you playing? You know, I'm going to go with a couple of five-inning underdogs, and I'll start with this game in Minnesota. And uh, I I like the Twins here. I've got it priced on a five-inning line at minus 124, and it's it's about plus 120, plus 125. So I'm getting a lot of value on that based on the on the calculations. I'm not a huge fan of Griffin Jacks. He's a 41 percentile in that three metric chart, but Keuchel's worse. Keuchel's a 15 percentile in that three metric chart. And if you look at his last seven starts. He hasn't posted anything higher than a 37 percentile by that three metric chart. I think it's that's pretty bad. And if you look at the White Sox on the road since the All-Star break, and this is kind of my, my go-to stat of the day, on the road since the All-Star break, weighted runs created plus for the White Sox, only 84, places them 22nd in baseball. And conversely, you look at Minnesota at home, they have a, a decent 108 weighted runs created plus put some 15th in baseball. I think this is a valuable play on the five inning line speak five inning line rather uh, because of all those reasons. Wow. Know? Do you have Minnesota actually favored by your, by your numbers for all those reasons? Okay. So Minnesota, what price are you seeing for them uh, for them in the first five right now? It, it was at plus 125 the last I checked. Okay. So plus 125, I'll check to see if that's what it is where, I, where I'm looking. Uh, on the Minnesota Twins against the Chicago White Sox first five. And what's play number two? And this is an interesting one because it's going to be the five-inning line with the Rockies plus 135. And it's kind of a big difference between the the actual overall line. So somebody's seeing this as well. And I think you're just getting a better pitcher with Gray. And, And again, he's no prize. I have him at 45th percentile by that three metric chart. But Odorizzi... He's been a lot of odor and not a lot of easy lately. He's an eight. <laughs> well done, he's, Mark. He's an 18 percentile overall. And then if you look at his last six game three metric chart, he's been below 10 percent in four of his last six starts. And that's pretty alarming if you're an Astros backer. And uh, because of those reasons, I think that we're going to get pretty decent value with the Rockies. You know, one of the things about the Rockies is they say, well, they can't hit on the road. But since the All-Star break on the road, they are actually hitting 99, almost almost league average, like 100 weighted, weighted runs created plus would be league average. But 99 weighted runs created plus on the road places them 13th in baseball. So a respectable start on the road after the All-Star break for them offensively. Got a better edge in pitching. I'm going to go with the Rockies here in this game. Okay. Uh, it's been a lot of odor and not a lot of easy. Racket, as Rome used to say on that. Um, yes, Twins plus 125. Still seeing that on the first five in their game versus the White Sox. Rockies, uh, I'm seeing actually some better prices than even the plus 135. I'm seeing some plus 140s out there first five versus the Astros. So uh, you're going to bet on the Twins and the Rockies. Not necessarily the most fun bets, but it's all about the numbers. And that's what Mark Borchard is playing based on his model. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Gil. My pleasure. Mark Borchard, everybody. He'll be back on Friday at Base Winner, Base Winner Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Pete Futak on the Big 12, our last Power 5 conference to get into in college football. I'll ask, also ask him about uh, maybe an FCS team that's live early in the season against an FBS team, and what is the non-Power 5 school that might make some noise on the gridiron this year? We'll- MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.